Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is the primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, which is brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and as usual, I'll be hosting the show exclusively for World Radio Paris. The months of September and October saw the reignition of the fashion calendar for this year as the international fashion houses collectively presented their offerings for the spring-summer 2020 collections across the four corners of the globe. In this show, I take a detailed look and in-depth critique at their offerings with Paris and its fashion culture acting as the protagonist. With Milan Fashion Week coinciding with the global climate strike, the show has had to deal with the questions on everyone's minds. As a polluting industry, every brand in fashion is now expected to tackle the environmental crisis and do its part. Before the shows began, Gucci announced that it had gone entirely carbon neutral. This statement allowed Alessandro Michel to separate the creative inspirations behind his collection from the global warming conversation. Although his decidedly downsized invitation, just an envelope, served as a reminder of Gucci's greener awareness. A lot of other houses in Milan could learn from this. No one needs big chunks of plastic with an address in order to find a show venue. In fact, thanks to the internet, no one needs a physical invitation at all. Nor printed press releases on the chairs, nor any other material that reads just as well in an email. Lucia Prada opened the week confronting the difficult subjects head-on. On one side, we want to save the planet and not consume and not spend, she said. Then people won't have jobs, they won't have money, and then we'll have to sell more again. It's a giant political problem. She continued referring to the environmental crisis that everyone needs to address in their own way and through their own efforts. She stripped away the commercial cartoonish graphics that had played a part in her designs for quite some time, replacing them with simplified and refined decoration and a calm, puritan, expensive drabness that felt more concise, more considered, and to use fashion's favourite word, intelligent, than the in-your-face prints that have designed Prada in the most recent seasons. Many of Prada clothes were the kind you'd want to keep forever. Essentials, basics, staples, call them whatever you want. Quality pieces with a twist. The idea is to do something that lasts and it's less throwaway, she said. It seems there's always too much fashion, too many clothes, too much of everything. For me this season, it was about going back to simplicity. Lust, 
not disposability. While the environmental problem is a hard nut to crack, you couldn't help but fault Prada's sentiment of taking little steps, i.e. buying less crap and buying more quality. The person should be more important than the cause, she said, over and over again. Across at Gucci, Alessandro Michel tapped into a similar philosophy, opening his show with a series of blank showpieces meant to illustrate the way in which fashion and its peanut gallery tries to limit self-expression. I chose to organise the show this way because I was questioning myself about rules in fashion, he said. In the selling collection that followed, Mikel reduced his signature opulence considerably, creating an almost minimal take on Gucci, which of course wasn't minimal at all. There are fewer things, so to speak, but you can say that Symphony has better a piano than a solo. Michelle stated after the show, I thought the collection was very rich. It was like using a typewriter to underline the things. I used black to do it, to outline and emphasise the body in all its raw and beautiful nature. If there's something in the air putting designers of excess, then it's indicative of the attention that Daniel Lee of Old Celine Studio, team fame, is garnering over at Bodega Veneta. For all its cocktail elements, his sum of her collection was rooted in a subversion that felt like a statement against conventional beauty, with all the glamour and excess that often entails. From a little brown dress to rigid utilitarian denim or leather uniforms, a sci-fi aubergine chore jacket, a rust-red cackled leather spy coat, or a man's shoe with a square flat cap elongated beyond the toe line. Every piece in this collection came at you with hurricane speed, forcing you to form an opinion on it. It was intentional on Lee's part? Well, yes, otherwise what's the point? I'm quite black and white. I don't want to do something that says nothing. Either you love it or you hate it. Either you love me or you hate me, he said. Lee approached the collection from a point of view of solidifying the icons, he explained, referring to Bottega Veneta's woven leather trademarks. The addition of Lee's newly hyped Bottega Veneta has given Milan a new lease of life, but that doesn't mean we need the city's schedule to expand in the way that it did the other season. With Gucci's move to the late Sunday slot, the week is simply too long. For Camera Moda, which controls the show slots, the message should echo the own designer's newfound philosophies of reduction and clarification, something Marnie's Francesco Riso is at the forefront of. I don't like to proclaim myself as sustainable, but this is our joyous protest, he said, after presenting a collection that was primarily made of organic materials and overstock from Marnie's archives. It was the second instalment in a multi-act series of recycling focus shows that began back in June with his menswear collection. Back then, he suspended a fishnet from his ceiling and filled it with recuperated plastic from industrial oceans and waste. It was then upcycled by artist Judith Hopp for his set, decorated in tropical plastic palm trees. That motif, the luxuriant jungle one, was unavoidable during the Milan shows. Donatella Versace celebrated the anniversary of Jennifer Lopez wearing her jungle print dress to the 2000 Grammys by inviting the superstar to close her show 
in her new take on the dress. If JMO sashay down the Versace runway broke the internet on Friday night, it was only appropriate. Silicon Valley invented Google Images. Google collaborated with Versace on the show in response to the fact that everyone was talking about the singer's plunging palm print dress in the year 2000, but could not find the pictures anywhere. She got the dress, she went to the Grammys, and she started her career, Donatella said. It was a magic moment. Versace reimagined the dress in multiple garments, including a sharp-shouldered draped dress in the original print, a skinny suit with a matching skirt, and a long super-sleeved plunging dress cut at the knee in a fuchsia version of the bamboo motif. Although saturated tropical prints couldn't help but make you think of the Amazon, which continues to burn after months of destruction. Perhaps it had subliminally entered into Dolce & Gabbana's minds as well, and resulted in a jungle-themed collection that Stefano Gabbana called A Breath of Fresh Air. Like Prada's collection, their collection pushed for quality over quantity, for craftsmanship over fast fashion, in materials that evoked a feeling of organic, from raffia to rooftage and burlap. Fashion in this moment, in my opinion, is very sad, Gabbana said. There are a lot of fashion designers left. It's all about big-name companies who do everything by marketing, bags and sneakers, t-shirts and this and that, but without passion. Giorgio Armani closed his show, entitled Earth, with a palm leaf dress forged in crystal. While his collection, like so many others that week, wasn't rooted in state-of-the-art sustainable approaches, you could choose to see the message he embedded it with as a gesture of future intent. We all have to do our duty to save the earth and put attention on it again. We are obviously part of an industry, but an industry that needs to take measures so that these techniques are brought back home to us. There were botanical motifs in the Fendi collection also, but for a brief moment, any climate associations were eclipsed by a moment in fashion history. Following the death of Carol Lagerfeld in February, this season marked Sylvia Venturi Fendi's first ever women's ready-to-wear collection, creatively directed entirely by herself for the company her grandparents founded. He, Lagerfeld, was the captain, so my life has changed, in that today I decide for myself, she said. Before, there was a dialogue, but when he was in Paris and I was in Rome, he wasn't here every day, so I had a lot of freedom. Today, there's not the dialogue there was before, so I feel the responsibility very much. And at the end of the day, all the choices for the family's heritage and the label are mine. If some of us had wondered if her solo interpretation at Fendi might lean more towards the menswear she oversees, and in the same process, her tailoring-based personal look was right. She tweaked Fendi to feel a little bit more approachable, definitely more wearable, and a little bit more comfortable for the contemporary woman. I don't put women on a pedestal the way a man would, she reflected. I always ask myself, would my daughters wear it? Well, her philosophy materialised in boxy skirt suits, oversized quilted chore jackets, utilitarian coats and shirting that felt so very authentic to her persona and, in turn, 
spot on for what Fendi should be reaching for after the death of Lagerfeld. One of the most interesting aspects of the past month of shows has been poking one's head out of the fashion week portal. Outside in the real world, climate marches and environmentalism have filled the news, confirming the zeitgeist that's impacted the clothes on these runways. Sustainable fashion is an oxymoron, and we understand this. But at Paris Fashion Week, designers have just been reflecting on the moderation mentality on a more practical level. It's permeated from their designs also. After seasons of opulence, now known as the Valentino effect, our collective climate shock seems to be presenting a new restraint in our future wardrobes, and indeed looks. In fashion, as its surrounding world, the climate alerts are a rude awakening that doesn't come without withdrawal symptoms. It was queer on the Paris runways, where the new appetite for purity and clarification still bore remnants of opulence. At Miu Miu, Machia Prada illustrated that tension so vividly with a collection that literally pins surface decoration to the silhouettes as though they were paper dolls. Simple done with little, she said, reflecting that it was about suggesting a way of dressing but leaving people to do their own thing. It manifested in 1940s patent leather coats, delicately painted with flowers, or in the neatness of a cream patent leather perfecto worn with a perplumed turquoise leather skirt and, of course, a mustard kitten heel. The effect was sumptuous, but the message was, not unlike the Prada collection two weeks ago in Milan, this was one of simplification. An even louder example of the same contrast became evident at Dries van Noten, who staged a surprise one-off duet with the legendary Christian Lacroix. Their meeting of minds manifested in a collection that fused Lacroix's grand couture gestures with Van Noten's pointed sense of modernity, constantly retaining a balance between magnificence and moderation. It's maximisation for every day, Lacroix reflected. I became a couturier because I couldn't be a costume designer for the stage. When I was mixing in contemporary things, it was with a very loud touch, not a subtle tank top, with a little bit of transparency and just one feather, he recalled. Comparing his legacy to the moderate opulence that shaped a collection ultimately rooted in haute couture. Those two words were on everyone's lips after an Alexander McQueen show, which left no one doubting Sarah Burton's performance within the Savoir Fairfield. Though her imitable vision, that pagan, shipwrecked, armoured industrial revolution that fills her dreams, Burton composed what was likely her most artisanal collection to date. It was about time about slowing down and thinking, she said. A calm time to take our own thoughts into consideration and how we felt about things in the world in general. In all its handcrafted glory, Burton's collection expressed a purity in whites, 
calico and twally fabrics that outlined a tension between restraint and the lavish nature of haute couture level garments. At Noir, Kaini Moya became Saturday's Instagram sensation with a collection that hit those same artisanal notes, failing models in a bouncy cloud of flower embellishment and multi-layered drips that bordered on foliage, again homing back to the idea of tropical prints in the Amazon. Claire White Keller reflected fashion's excess withdrawal symptoms in a collection based on the contrast between early 90s New York and Paris in her Givenchy collection. Back then, there were very distinct moments happening in different cities, she recalled. New York had this very raw spirit, a lot of denim, a lot of ease, minimalism, and the idea of being very characterful. When I would travel to Paris, it was opulence and florals and couture house extravagance, all lined up in a reel. Her garments would look like they belonged to entirely different worlds, with sleek leather tops and skirts juxtaposing against monastic mega-volumes outlined and daubed heavily in reliefs and florals. The Comme des Garçons collection also staged a meeting between minimalism and maximalism, but here the narrative Orlando, liberation through time, as Ray Kawakubo said, the sentiment expressed itself rather differently. From the core of the dress of the Elizabethan and the Baroque eras through to Romanticism of the 19th century and the modern breakthrough that followed, Kawakubo blasted her audience with opulence only to gradually bleed out her saturation until she had reduced it to black silhouettes on her runway. It's a cycle of decadence of a time so overindulgent the glass has eventually got to spill over and strip right down back to its core. If the process that unfolded on her podium was Kawakupo's proposal of this new appetite for minimalism, she presented us all with a revealing miller of her own insatiable desire for excess and why, perhaps, it was no longer a good reason. Decadence is a theme, and John Galliano has been exploring Mason Margiela since his haute couture collection in January, exclaiming, if I inverted excess, it could lead to a new appetite for restraint. This season, his idea of moderation was expressed as a make-to-in-men's sensibility that evoked the uniforms and everyday upcycling of world wars. Galliano's sentiment was remembrance, liberation and hope, a call for young designers to look to the past in order to change the future. Wisdom game from the past gradually gets buried in the news. Stories of hopes heroines and liberation are forgotten as history draws ever closer to repetition, he reflected. As he elaborated on his podcast, Galliano was referring to Brexit and the gradual dissolvement of everything we learned from the previous wars and histories. He wanted those new generations to take note, to stand up and to fight against the reactionary tendencies of today. In an all-EU blue Balenciaga set created to evoke the Italian and European parliaments, Gervasi's message felt a lot less hopeful. Exercised in his often executed realness, silhouettes condensed to drab dark contours, and the show was overall an unnerving experience, fueled by the unceasing repetition of broad-shouldered frames, 
ever-expanding oversized forms and Balenciaga's seasonal subverted wardrobe staples. If it was a reflection of these sad Brexit times, there wasn't much hope to come from here. However, at Louis Vuitton, the case was entirely different. On the cusp of a new decade, Nicolas Gasquieri heralded a new Bellicop in an effervescent Louis Vuitton collection, which modernised elements of that era in some of the most joyous and often maddest garments of his career to date. Between his kinky hemlines and puff shoulders, ballooning sleeves and milfair cuffs, and the vibrant abstract prints that covered what seemed like every garment, no two were the same. Gasquieri foreshadowed a decade which he obviously predicts will be an age of hyper-individuality and diversity. In the Louis Vuitton medley of multiformity and belle époque, references there was a message for the future to look to the past. Above all, he is driven by unexplored territory, but like Galliano, he understands that there's no tomorrow without learning from history, and this was a very good philosophy to see us into the 2020s. If the new decade will be one of sustainability and moderation, most Parisian houses seem to have jumped on the bywagon of buy less and use more. At Celine, Hedy Sleman confirmed that the woman he debuted on the jaw-dropping evening in February had spluced up her old calots. She's travelled from Saint-Germain to Saint-Tropez in the late 70s, merging her bourgeois left-bank blouses, patchwork denim skirts and racehorse tailoring with broderies and fineries from the south of France. In his own conversation between excess and restraint, showpiece and wardrobe, you might say Swaman increased the volume on his demi-couture in dazzling encrusted evening jackets, bejeweled nightclub dresses and intricate lamy numbers that felt like an explosion of joy and it was really close to hope. The 1970s reverberated through fashion capitals this season and houses closest to the decade rolled out their expertise. At Saint Laurent, Antonio Baccarello honoured Yves Saint Laurent's legacy to the Russian collection from 76 and the master sailor influences from the early 60s. But this didn't feel like a themed affair. Baccarello's largely large black collection was an exercise in wardrobe essentials the Saint Laurent way. Bar the mini shirts, most of his black pieces had a trendless quality to them that went hand in hand for our appetite for moderation. Virginie Viard's 70s message at Chanel again was upbeat and youth inspiring. Skimpy blokey all in ones and mini dresses, jaunty petticoat skirts, capri jeans, and a pair of pink lamy hot pants worn with a fringe plume top. Whether Viard's pieces are classified as timeless wardrobe staples in the eye of the beholder, but the spirit of moderation was definitely felt in Paris. We have to educate ourselves, Maria Grazia Churi said. I don't know if we can arrive at a point where we can say we are sustainable, but I think we can do our best to impact less. A Christian Dior show paid homage to gardening as a message of nurturing the planet. She expressed it in organic materials such as highly decorated raffia on the dresses and curtsy burlap suits with foliage embroidery on garden grid motifs. We have to be transparent with our audience. Fashion can do a lot because in its power it can affect the choices of its audiences. 
In an overpowering industry, the most obvious choice is to make people buy less. For years, Vivienne Westwood has sported a t-shirt with two words on it. She's right, simple and effective speaks the truth, Curie said. Buy less. Every fabric used in the Andreas Kronenthaler for Vivian Westwood collection was taken from studio dead stock. A creative challenge that obviously fueled a divergence between every look. Increasing his environmental consciousness, Kronenthaler had refrained from dyeing materials like he did from last season. Instead using fabrics through washes or using less polluting treatments. I've been very, very careful as I'm being sustainable and conscious and serious about the environment. However, I don't want to use this new philosophy as a be-all and end-all headline, he said. Be careful of what you buy and love the things you buy, even the most basic t-shirt. The cheapest things are the worst polluters, Cronenthaler warned. God knows, we have to take it seriously, and that's what's going on. I'm not even sure fashion weeks are feasible anymore. As a new member of the LVMH roster and sustainability advisor to the company, Stella McCartney is constantly giving those thoughts. We've been woken up, she said. Now is the time to give people information, to give them a solution. Things need to change immediately, but can they really? If you scare people, you have nowhere to start. We have to make people feel like they can do little things. You shouldn't have to sacrifice your style or your quality of life. I hope when you see that fashion show, you don't see in any way that it's sustainable. It's about being desirable, being beautiful and being luxurious. And yet, however, it's got those ingredients. We've just got to get that in place. I hope you can join me for the next show where I'll be looking at the darker, more macabre side of fashion. From frightful fashion and astrology to esoteric ecstasy. The special Halloween show will feature all this and a few more surprises. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the latest fashion news, views and reviews on forcmagazine.com and also at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.